Season 4. Do you have an idea for an episode or a question about sobriety, spirituality, 12 steps, or sponsorship? Email us at podcastgreaterthanyourself at gmail.com or contact us on Instagram at podcast underscore greater underscore than underscore yourself or doctor underscore silkworth. Okay, welcome back to a podcast greater than yourself. <laughs> Crack open a cold Coors 16-ouncer. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome back to a podcast greater than yourself. My name is John Barleycorn. And I'm Sylvia. And with us today is our dear friend, uh, you know him, you love him, Joe Barton. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for having me. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's beautiful here. How are you guys? It's really beautiful here. I have a feeling it's more beautiful here than it is there. Yeah. Like Yeah, you're probably right. There's no uh sludgy melting snow here. Yeah, there's that out there. It's pretty brown, but the sun's out, so I can't complain. Yeah, it's like sunny and cold and uh not not painfully cold, just casual cold. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so, what's going on, man? How are you? I, the the listeners have never heard you on our show, but they may have heard you elsewhere. Yeah, I've uh, I've been other places. I'm doing <laughs> well. <laughs> awesome. It's good. Uh, can I just jump right into it? Well, yeah. So, what we've asked you to come do because you've never been on the show before, so. Basically, what we're doing is we're doing some shorter episodes this season called Burning Desires. Um, this will be the seventh time I've explained it to everyone listening in, <laughs> by the time this posts in February or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're basically just asking people to come on who we like to hear from and with almost no prompt, just bring something you want to talk about. So by all means commence <laughs> yeah i asked you for some sort of prompt and you gave me nothing uh which was actually cool because it gave me opportunity to think about like what i really had a burning desire to talk about and what i really wanted to talk about was fear of sponsorship in early sobriety oh um i did yeah it's a big one um i did the steps in about a month and when we got to step 12, about a month in, my sponsor told me that I had two weeks to find a sponsee. Um, so I did go out and start looking immediately because I did have this super powerful experience with the 12 steps. And I genuinely wanted to share that with other people and to help in any way I could. Um, but another really big driver there for me was that I really wanted people in AA Sorry, to... Sorry, hang on. I think my wife just started the car, and the Bluetooth just kicked on on my phone, so you guys got to hear a little Taken by Trees. Uh, anyway, you were saying something about uh, life-transforming spiritual experience, some bullshit like that. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, no, that's, uh, that was 
great transition. Thank you. Um, <laughs> let me let me silence my cell phone here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are the host, aren't you? Um, so, like another big driver, though, that caused me to go out and look for sponsors was like I really wanted people in AA to like me. That was really important to me. I wanted my sponsor to like me. I wanted you guys to like me. I wanted people in my local fellowship to like me. And part of that was an understanding that I was going to go out and sponsor. Um, I didn't inventory this like fear of being not liked right away because it wasn't super apparent to me at the time. I can't see it as clearly as I can see it now looking back. Mm-hmm. It had just kind of been part of my DNA for so long that I kind of didn't notice it. it. It felt pretty subtle at the time. And also, like, it's kind of funny looking back because I do think in hindsight that that's one character defect that God didn't remove from me because it was useful to God for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, because I wanted people to like me, I went out and approached a lot of new people and was looking for sponsees and I got service positions and I learned the big book and all this stuff that down the road would come out to be very helpful. But I mean, I think there was a time where like the drawbacks to that fear clearly outweighed the benefits. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of my interpretation of that. Now I obviously don't know god's will and god's plan but that's just sort of like in hindsight what i see um i was eventually talking to some guy locally about this and he said i'm not in AA to make friends i'm in AA to save lives Hmm. which looking at that now i think that is like a fundamental misunderstanding of what sponsorship is and kind of like i don't know in trying to abate my fears about being liked in AA, it kind of like compounded my fears uh, about being a sponsor because it's like, well, I'm not qualified to save anybody's life. <laughs> right. I'm some dude. Um, I just got people, God puts people in my life and I show them the work and God does the saving. I don't do any of that. Um, but I think like the spirit of the letter of what he was trying to say is something that I think I heard somebody say on your podcast, which is I would rather be effective in AA than be liked in AA. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes more sense to me now. Um, so I did go out and start looking for sponsees, even though I was scared of it. I don't know. I'm just like kind of an awkward dude. I don't like talking to people, all the same stuff that we all have. That's definitely like not unique to me. Um, but I didn't inventory this fear of sponsorship because I didn't want my sponsor not to like me. I wanted him mm-hmm. to think that I was like a go-getter and I was going, I was wrestling in all these newcomers. Right. Um, so I did start looking for them. I never did 90 and 90. Um, I actually didn't go to any meetings until I got to step 12. But then when I was given this assignment, I did 14 and 14. And uh, I was out there every day at a new meeting and at every meeting i was making an approach um giving out my number i got a lot of guys who like had a sponsor already i don't think i, I don't know that they were really like doing the steps but just sort of you know a lot of yeah okay um mm-hmm. thanks no thanks um but i gave my number to like so many people in those two weeks 
but it took till day like 13 or 14 and then i got one or or maybe two i don't really remember because they both dropped out pretty quickly like i think we met with i met with once of them each of them once and then they kind of dropped um at this time i i don't know life was getting lifey <laughs> as uh as they say in the big book in the uh spiritual appendix um <laughs> So like just some personal stuff in my life, plus like my quote unquote bad luck with finding sponsees who would like actually stick with me. I totally misinterpreted this as, well, God just doesn't want me to sponsor right now. God mm. doesn't think I'm ready yet. So God will tell me when I'm ready. Mm. Um, so I kind of took my foot off the gas. I never completely. Sorry. My stopped. dog is, my dog is screaming suddenly. <laughs> The way you looked at me, I'm like, I can't, this can't, has to be acknowledged. <laughs> I was going to power through it, but it's all right. <laughs> I didn't realize my face instantly went psychopathic. <laughs> oh, okay. Poor, poor little Rupert. He's, he's alone out there right now. You got a noisy studio today, man. Yeah. Things are, things are happening. <laughs> life life Rupert, is like, turn your cell phone off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's cool. Um, so life so yeah, was getting lifey. <laughs> life was getting lifey. <laughs> Wait, was it the holidays? I, oh, no, that's squirrely. No. It, life yeah. is lifey. Squirrely. Yeah, life is I, lifey I, until I was, the holidays and, or your sober anniversary. Then it's squirrely. I oh, got it. Yeah, I was getting squirrely independent of holidays <laughs> or my sober anniversary. I was getting squirrely around my, my two-month sobriety anniversary. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know. I, I took this as, like, again, in hindsight, this is, like, a misinterpretation of what God's will was. I thought that God was like, hold off, buddy. You're not ready yet. You have to deal with this other stuff. Um, and that's sort of like the paying for our misinterpretation of God's will and absurd actions and presumptions, right? Right. And paying for it. Um, I paid for it. As a result of that, I became much more focused on myself in a bad way, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, the big spiritual experience that I had had doing the steps originally slowly started to dwindle. Um, and I started to become really miserable really fearful and that obsession started creeping back in and this again kind of like compounded and at this point i didn't really feel recovered um so i was like well i definitely can't go out and sponsor now i kind of like cowardly hid behind the line in the book uh you can't transmit what you don't have mm. because it was like well clearly i don't have anything right now because i'm shaky um, ignoring like the super important part in Bill's story where when he's shaky, he calls another alcoholic to help. Mm -hmm. Um, so then I, and looking back to, this is more like divine inspiration, but this time the good kind, um, where I don't know, it was just like a random Tuesday and it was a day I don't really go to meetings and I had it off. Um, so I decided to hit up a random new meeting I hadn't been to. It was a newcomers meeting. Um, I went and there, it was a pretty big meeting and I was like the only person there beneath the age of like 55, mm -hmm. um, which I guess is cool. Like I, I like that there's all those old timers who are like showing up for a beginner's meeting, 
to try and, you know, allegedly carry the message. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I was this one kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, what are they trying to do? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't been back to that particular meeting, so I don't know how it works there. Mm-hmm. But um, th- this one kid strolled in late, and he was like the only person close to my age by like three decades. Um, sat right next to me, and I kind of just like latched onto him and beelined for him after the meeting. Um, he didn't have a sponsor, and... I grabbed him and that was my first experience of actually getting through like a decent chunk of the work with somebody. Mm. And I don't know if everybody has this experience, but like, honestly, like once I did it once, I just realized it's not that hard. Right. Like I have the directions right in front of me. Um, I don't have any special tasks except for, to do what my sponsor did with me, which was read parts of the book and tell me different experiences of his that he had had doing the actions of the 12 steps. Um, so at that point, it was really just like exposure therapy. And I started going out and getting more and more and realizing that the more I did this, the more comfortable it became, mm-hmm. the easier it became, the more clearly uh, going to into 11, my role as a sponsor was defined to me as just somebody to lay the spiritual toolkit at this person's feet and they're going to take it or they are not. Um, and like this cool thing happens still where like I'll be working with a bunch of people and then a bunch of them will drop out and I'll be thinking like, okay, I just had three guys dip, three guys ghost me this week. Tomorrow I need to go out and find new people. And then tomorrow will come and I will still get phone calls from people who I gave my number out to in those first two weeks, Mm. which there's two things going on there. One, it's like really cool, right? Like that's some real like God moment stuff for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But another thing that Senator Ted C talks about is it's also kind of sad to me um, Mm. that like there's these people who are still calling me that didn't get any other phone numbers or people to talk to presumably mm-hmm. in the last nine months from just like some dude they met once at a meeting and have like never seen again. Right. Um, that seems like a failure on part of the fellowship here locally. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, on the other side, God's there and it is really awesome. And I'm still getting connected with these people. And I know that you feel that much more grateful that you were there in that meeting nine months ago or whatever. Doesn't that make it like, I don't know, our role in carrying the message, like, Oh, you feel the weight of that. Right. Mm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Even if it was something that like at the time I was scared to do, um, or didn't feel qualified to do it. Like now it's paying out in dividends. Right. Um, right. I know that this like definitely is not like an experience that's unique to me. I know that this is how most people feel when they're entering sponsorship. Um, I just really wanted to talk about this today because I see it so often around me, like people who have like 
a year of sobriety and haven't entered sponsorship and are really nervous about doing so Mm. um either because of they don't understand what a sponsor's role is or um you know just like general anxieties about like people pleasing stuff like i was talking about um and i just like i want to like lovingly shake those people and just be like dude i get it like i know where you're at i've been there i understand your fear but like please this is just a thing you need to do go out and do it and you'll see that you can be helpful to people and you'll see how you like your experience can like really do something to change somebody else um in a good way uh and now i'm like the best sponsor that alcoholics anonymous has ever known <laughs> it's like i can dr. Vouch bob. For that, Joe Barton. <laughs> it's like dr bob and then me and then senator ted cruz i knew it <clears throat> I, you're being a little modest but i get i get i'm tracking <laughs> yeah so can i ask a question about the fear and everything wait let me see yeah. the little thing that you brought what is the thing oh yeah this thing is this? <laughs> okay, there you go. Rupert, your cell phone. <laughs> what if that, that Rupert's... I feel like Rupert's uh, ringtone would be like a reggaeton song from like 2009. <laughs> Wait, what kind of dog is Rupert? He's Latinx. He's, he's Chicano. <laughs> Oh, he's he's a he's 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 like I think he's like fifty percent Jack Russell, forty percent Corgi, and ten percent Chihuahua. Somehow, he's one hundred percent not a fan of Sylvia. <laughs> he was just like. <laughs> brutalizing her it was like the gauntlet of rupert on the way from the door to the studio i was like i'm i'm so sorry i'm sorry he never does this sorry she's like he does it every fucking time i'm here (laughs) anyway your question your question was about my dog right totally um uh question why does rupert hate me No, I love um, the topic, the burning desire that you came with today. It's definitely relatable for me. Um, And I was just talking to one of our friends yesterday about fear and how we get like all spun up and, you know, projecting all this future shit, right? It's not even, it's not even going to matter. So I'm curious in your experience, like in those negative fantasies that you had about approaching others and what would happen or not pleasing people, like how much of that did you actually come up against in reality versus, you know, fancied? Hmm. Right. Oh, that's a great question. And it was like 99.9% fancy, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's, it's all stuff that's just happening in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, I never had, I have never approached a newcomer and had a bad experience doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like sitting down with anybody now or just catching somebody after a meeting, like I never think that's wasted time anymore. Like I, there was a point where I was like, 
where I'd meet with somebody once and they would dip and I would be like, well, that was a waste of my time. I could have been helping. <laughs> it was like actually going to be needing the solution. Hmm. But like, I just don't think like that anymore. Cause mm-hmm. I guess every time I talk to somebody, I consider it like, well, maybe something that we're going to read from the book or something that I'm going to say is going to plant a seed for the future mm-hmm. or, and, or, um, I'm going to get practice at being a more effective carrier of this message. Mm. So like both of those are net positives. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm reminded of <clears throat> Jesus. I'm reminded of, uh, reminded needing of Jesus Christ. <laughs> reminded of, uh, <clears throat> needing Mucinex apparently. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, I like the, the way that you put it a, about like taking it as God's will that you're not supposed to sponsor anybody. Um, I, cause I, I can, I can very vividly remember the early days of sponsoring people. And like, I mean, let's be real. Like the school of AA, which is, is actual alcoholics anonymous that the three of us come from. Um, is not the most common type of AA in the fellowship anymore. So it, I think it's only natural to kind of enter into, you know, going and seeking out people to sponsor with a few weeks <laughs> sober um, with like trepidation. Because <clears throat> if I were... If I were to just divine what a sponsor's role is from meetings, um, I might think any one of like a thousand things, but I would think just from just from like my recent most recent experiences at meetings listening, um, most of what I hear is a lot of stuff like like you're you're managing their life. <laughs> It's like, which is like, I think also really, I mean, like, I don't know that as a new person, I would get that like heady with it, but considering that like the whole program is about not managing your life, it's just like, wait, so I'm supposed to ask a God I don't believe in to run my life, but then I'm supposed to run other people's lives. Like, it's just so much baggage with what we're taught sponsorship is. And I think, you know, when, when you're just given the directions and this thing happens for you, it's, it's life changing and it's, um, like overwhelmingly beautiful experience, but that doesn't mean that there's, there's not like a, a vast swath of like, stuff around you that you're like hyper conscious of and hyper aware of. And so for me personally, when I was like definitely like under 50 days, you know, I was already sponsoring one or two people and I was very much recovered. And like I had this thing happen that, that I thought was like bullshit. I was like that, you know, even when somebody had taken the time to explain to me the 10 step promises, I was kind of like, Okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
Really? Um, but then when that happened for me, and it happened so quickly, um, a lot of my fear was uh, superseded by the awareness of that actually having happened. But still, I'm like going to these treatment centers and halfway houses and stuff, or like the Salvation Army. There was a big place where it was like an inpatient thing where there's like 30 dudes living in this giant old Victorian house. And then like they would have a meeting there once a week. And I can just remember like going there and, you know, they're all like smoking on the patio. And I'm just like, <laughs> me and me and Clarence are just like, hey, so who who doesn't have a sponsor? You know what I mean? It's like a lot of these guys have been abstinent longer than us. Um while they live in this place for six months, you know? And it's like, I'm there with this um, live this life experience of, like, detoxing on my couch and, like, never missing a day of work and, and just getting through the steps, doing the stuff, having the thing happen, and then carrying it to other people. And it's just like, I think the other thing that comes to my mind, secondary to what Sylvia asked, would be your experience with this piece of it, which is like the the awareness of like, okay, I feel like I'm going to be challenged <laughs> if I present myself to these people with more abstinence than me. Um, but also uh, the awareness of like, I'm going to sound like a fucking asshole if I'm like, yeah, well, you're smoking butts uh, at the halfway house, and, you know, I get to go home to my wife, and I'm free from the obsession to drink alcohol, and you're stuck in your four-step for six weeks, you know? Call me if you want what I have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, like the thing is that, you know, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not that type of person, <laughs> but I'm, like, the secondary fear, I think, is, like, how do I not come across like that? You know what I mean? It's, like, did you experience oh, yeah. that also? Yeah, and also, like, have you ever tried to be that person because you thought it's what you should be? Yeah, like, like, I'm going to be the tough guy for, for a change. I'm going to, God wants me yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah. I tried to be tough guy sponsor for, like, three minutes, and I was like, oh, this is not me. This is just, like, not, not who I am. Also, not what I'm supposed to be doing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It is It is weird, right, to, like, sponsor somebody who has more time of absence from alcohol from you um to be speaking from a place of like having the promises come true mm -hmm. um but like i don't know that's like a cool thing too is like the more you get into this like i've sponsored all sorts of people plenty of whom have been sober longer than i have um yeah. plenty of whom are like much older than me um some who are much younger than me people of you know different genders and sexual orientations and all, all this stuff that does not matter to me as a person mm -hmm. but going into sponsorship i was scared to do because again i was confused about like what the dynamic of sponsorship was and if you do have that original idea sorry not original idea <laughs> it's not an original idea at all <laughs> but the uh the fellowship idea of like, I need to manage this person's life. Like you bet that's going to bring about a lot of anxiety. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't even like thinking about that, but that was very, 
my first experience of being sponsored was like somebody trying to manage my life and it was sending my gratitude lists and uh, running by decisions and not reading the book at all mm-hmm. or really doing the steps. Um, but so even though I was sponsored in a different way after that, that original idea of my first sponsor was still uh, sort of knocking around my brain. You know, when you shuddered there, <clears throat> um, <laughs> I feel that so deeply uh, a, a minute later when you mentioned gratitude lists. I, so I'm like, whenever I hear something like that, I just think, like, and, and I'm, I, I promise, I, I mean this wholeheartedly. I'm not trying to offend anyone who likes gratitude lists. Like, this is not the point of this, but like, um, I, I, I do want to address people who like gratitude lists, right? Who offer that as like a direction. I would like to address those people because here's the deal. So, um, firstly, not part of Alcoholics Anonymous, period. Hard stop. No explanation needed. It isn't. But, um, if you want to use it, use it, right? Here's my thing. <laughs> so, like, I come I come to AA, like, uh, humiliated to even be trying AA again, right? And also, like, I am, I am an adult. I'm a grown-up, right? And so, the only reason that I'm coming to AA is because I'm just, like, completely incapable of not drinking alcohol. Like, when I really wholeheartedly want to not drink alcohol. And, um years of alcoholic torture and then some other adult is gonna like tell me an adult to be like write a write a list of things you like about your life and i'm just like is ammunition ammunition on sale somewhere that would be a positive (laughs) i'll just fucking commit suicide now dude like if that was what i was met with when i came back to aa like it would, it literally, like, the window of opportunity for me was, like, so small. M- my best efforts toward the end was, like, maybe 36 hours without a drink. Mm-hmm. Every hour of which felt like a fucking decade. Mm-hmm. It, this is alcoholism, you know? So it's, like, the importance of, like, not giving people shit that's not AA is just that. Because... Spoiler, they might be a real alcoholic, you know? They might actually need the program of action. So, like, when I hear when I hear that, like, your sponsor had you do a gratitude list, like, first off, I am assuming that that person did that because it's what they were shown and that that helped them and that they were trying to help you, right? Yeah. I assume Absolutely. that that's a situation. But, like, yeah. for someone like me, that would have been, like... Uh, here, here, here's a, here's a gigantic 16 ton weight. Just here, carry this around with you. It's like, you're not helping me. I'm, I'm sinking in the mire, you know, like you're not giving me a lifeline at all. This is not going to do anything. Like it's, it's the same thing as like, just don't drink. It's like, why would I walk into AA if I had not tried to not drink? I think this is where getting getting back into like that sponsorship piece, like mm-hmm. I have heard um, some really great like circuit speakers and um, different people in meetings talk about like the danger of um, non-alcoholics 
trying to sponsor other people, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think, you know, it's very reasonable to see kind of how that plays out. If I come into the rooms and like gratitude lists and a daily meeting and a call to my sponsor, like puts a pep in my step, then that's how I'm going to show others, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I'm going to do. And this is working for me. And I may or may not identify as an alcoholic, um, but like that that will kill an alcoholic you know as we know that's not going to be helpful it's really going to be harmful because if i think that alcoholics anonymous is the last house on the block this is my last hope and then someone is telling me that this is the solution i'm out you know um i I have no time for that Mm -hmm. The, the thing that i think of immediately is a conversation i actually just had yesterday about (laughs) you just reminded me of it of uh a circuit speaker whose tapes I, uh, you know, I've listened to off and on. And, you know, I, I like speaker tapes from some people sometimes. Um, they get me in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> that started, it felt like I was going down a weird path. Now, uh, I just kind of, I'll like have it on the background at work, you know, kind of pass the time. Um, but I I was listening to this this person who I've heard Oh, my God. How do I say all this? Anyway, I've heard a lot of tapes with this person on them. And this was a recent one. And I almost had this person on the show. <laughs> and I'm kind of glad I did it now. Um, because it was like, it was all of this stuff where I was just like, there's, 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 one, there's one thing that you can do where you can go, here's something I do. It's not in the book. It's not part of the program. It's just a thing I do. This has worked in sponsorship for me, blah, 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 right? And then there's there's a different thing where you can say the same stuff, but then go, this is what the book says, and this is AA, and this is the program. And both things, um, you, you could say that before you say the thing you're going to say, and then this thing you actually say is just bullshit and not part of the program, but you're just saying it is. So I'm like, for me, you know, when when I hear somebody who's like exalted in the fellowship as like like a big book, oh, that's big book Jimmy. Big book Jimmy tours around and talks and all this stuff. And let's get big book Jimmy to talk at our anniversary. And then there's all this stuff, right? And, and and then and then they go and they talk and they say this stuff like, I don't let my sponsees do amends to their exes and like all this fucking like <laughs> like managing their experience right man it's it's yeah. life management it's the same shit it's the same shit as the meeting maker stuff that they make fun of um all this stuff this like therapeutic deep dive oh you're the first thing i need to hear in your fifth step is how many kids are in your family and your your birth order and, and this is going to help me determine your core character defect what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> Literally, what are you talking about? Like, oh, and I will only hear 15 resentments at a time. And then it's going to take four hours for that because we really have to deep dive. Four fucking hours? I've heard heard a fifth step that was like 80 resentments and 60 fears and like 20 sex harms. And it took two hours. Like, what are you doing? You're not a therapist. And even if you were a therapist, do therapy at your therapist office, right? So my thing is like, Two sides of this coin both suck a whole mountainside of gorilla ass, right? <laughs> first one, first thing. Can you open the episode with that? Like, <laughs> I feel the, like it's such, give a, me the thing. such a good give teaser. Me the thing. 
You're listening to Gorilla Ass in the Morning. Okay. <laughs> so, so two things, right? <laughs> I'm going to make a t-shirt now. Um, so, if, if I am a new person, I am confused as fuck as to what the thing is I'm about to be asked to do with the steps. If I'm hearing someone who's like, Big Book Jimmy, or what, you know, where it's like, this person is like, oh, I actually know the real book, and, you know, this isn't that 90-90 stuff, this is at real AA, and then you're presenting all this, like, bizarre shit, right? I'm gonna be really fucking confused, particularly if I do find a Big Book sponsor who's just plainly presenting the work, and then I'm gonna be like, well, but Famous Jimmy said I gotta fucking get... My birth order, and I, I have my star chart for you. You know, um, the other side of it, though, is what we're talking about, which is like, let's say that I'm new to sponsorship, and I go and I hear that talk, or I listen to that speaker tape because I, you know, am new to sponsorship, new in the fellowship. I don't know about you guys, but early in sobriety, I was listening to tons of speaker tapes. I'm gonna be really fucking overwhelmed by what I'm asked to do as a sponsor, mm-hmm. right? Um, chapter seven makes it very, very plain, very plain. It's exactly what our guest Joe Barton has been describing, <laughs> you asshole. Um, and, uh, it is so much easier than all that stuff. Right. And so like, if I'm new or new to sponsorship, or let's say I'm somebody like, uh, one of our mutual friends who it's like, you've been in the program for a while and then you have a new experience with the steps or the new sponsor, and then you start hearing more solution people, and then that kind of stuff gets mixed in. It's like, oh well, am I not doing that right? So maybe this, maybe this gorilla ass coin has three sides. <laughs> no, I, I to paraphrase something, I think I heard you say it was like chapter seven. Like if you if you really read what's there and like what we should do and what we should not do, like the nevers and things like that. It lets me off the hook for a whole ton of bullshit, mm-hmm. right? This weight, this like fake pressure that I've been putting on myself and like how I'm going to make sure that this person stays sober. Like that's not what sponsorship is, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have, you know, hardly anything to do with it. Right. Right. Be available, be of service, love and tolerance, like fucking and keep it moving. Like if people don't want it, just keep it moving. Right. Um, and all the while I'm becoming more effective, like you said, Joe Barton. <laughs> and and when you when you were talking Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. earlier, I'm like, I could talk to you probably for like a whole hour about your experience because I feel like you and I like started at different ends. You know, it, when we when we got to the program, like you went through the steps pretty early, and then you started going to meetings. So I'm just like, holy shit, what must that have been like, right? Like you're super front loaded in the solution, and then mm. you step into some meetings to go find some newcomers. Like, were, were, was your mind just blown? <laughs> right. <laughs> it was very confusing. Um, I had been like prepared for it a little bit. Um, I don't know, just by hearing kind of like what the fellowship is like. And I had that understanding of I was going to be going into AA, doing AA, coming up against a lot of things that were not AA. Um, So like your sponsor kind of prepared you for that? 
it wasn't even oh no my sponsor didn't honestly like it was listening to this podcast where like i (laughs) okay uh i don't know one thing i thought of john when you were saying there is like so i on these these facebook recovery groups i frequently see what's the opposite of the horn thing Mountain side of gorilla. I have a trombone in the corner there. We could uh, do the sad trombone. Um, But so I very frequently, like once a week, will see my ex girlfriend's dad writing comments in there, who's very much like one of the quote unquote big book person, Mm -hmm. uh, but saying stuff that's not in the book. Um, And I saw him a couple weeks ago saying that that thing you said exactly, which is we should not make amends to our exes. Mm. And I was just like, mm, oh, really, Gary? Like, I think I owe a big amends to your... I, I, you, so I should have made amends to your, with your daughter? That was the wrong <laughs> thing to do for all those terrible things I did? But also, like, I don't know. This is kind of apropos of nothing. I just wanted to know if I was the only one who thought this. But, like, the first time I, I tried to be sponsored like six or seven years ago i was meeting with this dude um and we had met like a couple times no step work or anything just just chatting and um he made mention to like one of his other sponsees and like my heart sank just a little bit because i was like i thought i was the one like (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was special i thought you're attention was undivided from me despite the fact that i like constantly played down this dude i don't know i thought people had one sponsee and that was just how this program worked yeah i think that's an experience you're uh only likely to have when finding your sponsor on okcupid but yeah it's, <laughs> I have not. Uh, it's, it's actually better i found my sponsor in the site we were in the psych ward together about a decade ago <laughs> You guys, you guys absconded AMA. <laughs> uh, We're soulmates. I, I could do an hour on that. But I mean, lovely man. I love that guy. Um, I just don't, I'm not sure he's a real alcoholic, but um, that's not for me to decide. But he does have that like thing where he's got that pep in his step and he's got the, he's very personable. And he likes to help people. That's that's mm-hmm. his career. That's his hobby is like helping other people. And that's awesome. And like, I don't naturally have that personality of like being super comfortable talking to new people or whatever. But what I do have is this experience of having gone through the steps mm-hmm. and seeing the fruits of those actions and the willingness and ability to show other people that work. So I don't know. That's yeah. Yeah. That and chapter seven, pretty clear. You've done this. <laughs> that is like that's what you need. You know? Go seek them out. Um the the last thing that I was thinking about was um I don't like I anybody listening I don't know. I sometimes every time every time I think to say, if anyone's listening to this who <laughs> I always immediately catch myself because I'm like, what are the odds 
that somebody has sat through this whole length of the conversation and then they get here and they're like still listening, the person I'm thinking of. Um, if you are, congrats. <laughs> Can we get a... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, welcome. Um, anybody who's listening to this who's like in that place where... I mean, I don't care how much time you have. Um, hopefully you've had somewhat of a transformative experience <laughs> thus far in the step work and you're to a place where you're now being instructed to go sponsor people. Um, I would like to say this. So I have, I, I can't, like dozens of people, right? I've sponsored. I'm not gonna try to count them uh i've had tons of people get to 12 or 10 11 and 12 you know around that area the the way that the book shows you do the steps it's pretty quick right um i've never had one of those people like uh not be scared to go try to sponsor people I've never encountered that. Um, I would think the closest I've gotten to like fearlessness with someone I've worked with would be just like enthusiasm, like mm -hmm. nervous enthusiasm mm -hmm. to go like share this with someone else, you know? Um, and I think most of that is kind of intertwined with them having previously had an experience with like uh, meeting based sobriety and they now have this new thing and they're like oh my god I need to go tell everyone who's white knuckling it in the 24 hour a day club <laughs> you know this 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 other thing you could do um, but the, the, the flip side of that is um, of the people who I've sponsored and watched have fear around going into sponsorship um, every single one of them that has just done what the book suggests you know come to me for guidance sure other people sure whatever but just done what the book suggests which is just go find them find out if they're real alcoholic ask if they want to quit present the tools every one of them that's done that has like rocketed off into a whole other thing, you know, and had a profoundly changed life from thereafter. And every single one of them that did not face that fear and did not throw themselves into sponsorship, I have not seen them again. They've just eventually slowly backed out of the room or just like totally disappeared. Um, so my heart goes out to anyone who gets into sponsorship and feels overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. But I can, I can tell you that what I've seen and experienced personally is that a profound sense of joy and satisfaction and um, self-abandonment comes from just facing that fear, trying to do it, and just doing it until suddenly one day you're like, oh, I know how to do this now. 
now I just do this. This is just the part. This is one thing I do. There's three things I do. This is one of them. You know, <laughs> and um, so I would say like don't be discouraged. And certainly, again, back to what we hear in meetings, like um, I think it is very normal given the temperature of the room in most AA fellowship settings now for you to be really confused as to what your role is as a sponsor. And if you are, um, read chapter seven, maybe highlight a bunch of stuff that just contradicts everything that you're afraid of and just focus on doing that shit and not doing the other stuff, you know? Hell yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah, I got a horn finally. Um, great topic, dude. I, uh, I really appreciate you doing this with us. I oh, so much fun. I am going to go right now and Google your given name, Joe Barton, since it's so specific <laughs> and not anonymous sounding, but it is a fake name. I, I'm going to, I'm going to figure I don't know. I'm going to figure out what that reference is. <laughs> Good luck. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty niche. A podcast greater than yourself was created by recovered alcoholics. All involved in the creation of this podcast are active members of Alcoholics Anonymous who wish to carry the message of our own recovery to those who still suffer. We do not claim to represent Alcoholics Anonymous. All comments are from our own experiences as alcoholics who have recovered by following the directions for the 12 steps found in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Thanks for listening.